I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And what I want you to see, and I'm going to go back through that real quick, but what, you, what I want you to see in there, there's, there's, there's trust statements in that text, there's obey statements in that text, and there's abide, uh, abide statements in that text as well. And the first trust statement is I've been given all authority on heaven and earth. Holy God has, has given to his son all authority on heaven and earth. That's a statement of, guys, you can trust me. I've got this thing. I'm in control. I'm, I'm completely and totally in control of all things. So that's the first um, trust statement. And then right, right next, the next verse, verse 19, is an obedience statement. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Make disciples, baptize, teach these, these new disciples. Teach them to obey the commands that I have given you. Um, so that's an obedience statement that we see right there in verse 19. And then we come right back, um, back around and we have another um, trust statement. And that trust statement is, be sure of this, I am with you always. You can trust him. He, be sure of this. He's telling them, be sure of this. I am not going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to be here for you. I will always be here for you. But also, that's not only a, um, a trust statement, but it's also an abide statement. I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always. Um, so notice that. that. That's such a cool thing that, that we see there in God's Word. Now check this out. The last words that Jesus speaks to his disciples before he ascends back to the Father are also pretty amazing. And this, this is another very common scripture uh, for you guys, uh, for all of us. But it's found in Acts 1, chapter, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, this text... In this text, you can see that same theme of trust, abide, 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 and obey. Trust, abide, and obey. You will receive power. You can trust in me. I'm going to give you what you need to do what you need to get done. You'll receive that power. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's that abide. That's that indwelling. That relational peace, the Holy Spirit, comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses. That's another obey statement where you're going to go. You're going to tell people about me everywhere. And where do you start? Where do you begin that journey? Do you go across the ocean? No. You start where you are. You start in your Jerusalem. You start in your Memphis, in your Cordova. Wherever you are, you start there.
Okay, so y'all just did local mission. Just make note. Another verse that we see here that uh, hits on this, one of these topics of the abiding. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. Here again, you can see the idea of trust. You can trust me. You can abide in me. And you can let my word abide in you and then see what I will do. That's what, God, that's what God's saying. If you will abide in me, if you will let me abide in you, if you will abide in my word, spend time in my word, you will see me do great and wonderful things in and through you and your journey with me. That's what he's telling us there in John uh, 15, 7. Um, we see that once again, um, that we can trust God in that. So you can really see all three of those aspects again play out right there. Another key takeaway from, th from that text that I feel like we can see is Jesus loves his children. He loves his children so much. He wants to have a very personal relationship with us. He cares deeply about us. He loves us tremendously um, and wants that close relationship, abide, that abiding relationship to take place uh, for us. So that's, that's just a few verses that kind of show us the work of the missionary, the responsibility of the missionary. We all carry that responsibility as followers of Christ, as believers in Christ. It doesn't necessarily mean you go around the world, but we carry that responsibility in the journeys that we walk day in and day out. The second thing that I want us to look at um, is the, mis the missionary's message. And what that is, that's God's love. The Son of God, the Lamb of God, our advocate. Our advocate. The missionary's message. John 3, 16 really is one of the best verses that you could go to for that. Um, and that verse really shows the depth of God's love in, in a very powerful way. And it's a very simple and easy breakdown. You could probably dig deeper into it, but for right now, we're just going to look at it very simply. But God loved. God loved unconditionally. He put no limitations on his love. God loved. God gave. God gave sacrificially. He gave from the heart. He gave from where it hurts. He gave sacrificially. He, he, God loved, God gave, and he gave what was most precious to him. He gave his only begotten son, that most cherished possession. That's what he gave. That's who he gave. Um, and that shows you the sacrificialness of his giving. That whosoever, that whosoever, Anyone at all. Now, sometimes, guys, my, ho my whosoever mechanism don't, doesn't kick in quite like it's supposed to. You know, that whosoever, yeah. That whosoever, hmm, not so much. God didn't have that. He had that unconditional love, that, that care that only God can have. Um, and he gave his only son for whosoever. When I, when I try to wrap my head around that, that's, that's pretty amazing to me. Whosoever, anyone at all. It, whosoever believes, 
And what is believe? It's trust. It's obey. It's repent, believe, and receive. Whosoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. They can have everlasting life. God's greatest gift, Jesus. He gave his son so that we can have that kind of relationship with him. What an, what an amazing and awesome God it is that we serve. And we see that there in John 3.16. Another text that gives us the message of God's love is 1 John 2, yeah, 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. And he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the entire world. Think about that statement. Jesus, the Son of God, the only true righteous one, pleads our case before his Father, and anyone that calls on his name for salvation can be saved. Think about a, a, a lawyer. Jesus is our lawyer, and he's arguing on my behalf to his father. And because of him, because of what he has done on the cross, the father only sees Jesus. He doesn't see me. He doesn't see my sin. He sees what Jesus has done on the cross and allows um, me to have that relationship with him. What a loving father we have. We'll take one more look or one more, a look at one more text that declared the importance of the missionary's message. And that's found in Luke 24, uh, verse 47. Luke 24, 47. I know I'm running a little fast if, if you're writing down verses, um, trying to follow me. I'm not using my Bible because it, it's quicker this way, so I got it. Um, Luke 24, 47. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins, for all who repent. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Um, and again, where does it begin? It begins in Jerusalem. It begins at home. It begins in Memphis. It begins across the street. Uh, it begins where you are. It begins where you are. The third thing that I want us to look at tonight is the missionary's devotion. The missionary's devotion for the sake of his name, for the, for the name of Jesus. Um, I want you to go to 3 John for this and look at verses 5 through 8. The key verse being uh, verse 7. But John, 3, John, John, 3 John verses 5 through 8. Beloved, it is, it is a faithful thing you do in our efforts for these brothers, in your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. 
Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. This is talking about folks who are so in love with Jesus, so in love with, with his plan, and so see the lostness of men that they're willing to, to really give up everything they have where they are and go and share the love of Christ with a lost, with a lost and dying world. Um, that's an amazing thing. You know, um, we have a lot, we have a lot of people over the past three years, we've had a lot of people that have gone out of our church to do that very thing, feeling that call to go and give themselves um, to the gospel, really, to, to be a missionary. Um, and we have, we have had them all over the world and still do. Some uh, locations we, we don't even share. Um, where they are, but we have had many go out. We have a class that's called Send, Send Out Training, and um, I'll spend just a minute, just a minute on this, um, but it's such a cool thing. Pray for us, um, but, but during COVID, we had to shut down everything that we did missionally as far as going, but we didn't stop working, and uh, it allowed us, it gave us time to pray together, think together and plan together. And God gave us the idea of having this class called Send Out Training. And what we have been able to do since then, we've had over 150 young folks go through that class that feel like God may be speaking to them about going and giving themselves missionally, whether it be here in Memphis, somewhere in our country, or somewhere around the world. And God has blessed that and used that in, in many ways. And we have had people literally go all over the world, um, some midterm for summers, some for a year. And we've got some that have been out two years. We've got some that have given themselves completely to missions. And God has truly, truly blessed through that. Um, but when we have people step out in faith and go we need to come alongside them and support them in every way that we can. And the one thing that we can do is pray. You know, we've, we've got prayer guides that you can pick up on your way out. I put some right on that table there. Um, that's, this is what they look like this year. There's actually a different missionary that you can pray for every day through our prayer guide. So it's a, it's a powerful tool that you can put um, beside your bed, be a part, make it a part of your quiet time, and begin to pray. Now, those are not all people that we've sent out. Some of those are partners that we work with. But many of these folks are people that have gone out from among us and are serving around the world. And it's just amazing to see uh, what God has done and is doing uh, through those folks. Without going into any detail, I, I would want to ask you to pray for uh, one young family that we have here in the States um, that's stepping into a, a new scenario um, that uh, we didn't see coming. And um, we're just asking that God watch over them, guide them, direct them, protect them, and use them in a powerful way. But moving along, um, I, I, that was my little SOT, send out training commercial. Uh, in John 21, 17, we see Jesus um, 
We're still on, on devotion, the missionary's devotion. We see Jesus question the level of Peter's love and devotion. And we see there in verse 17, you know, Peter was hurt by the question a third time. Do you love me? Jesus asked, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you really love me? Lord, you know, you know me. You know that I love you. Once again, his response. Man, feed my sheep. I love my sheep. And that's the heart that he wants us to have. In our journeys, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, wherever God's placed us, love his sheep. We're sheep. Love the other sheep. Bring sheep in that he wants to bring in. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Well, guys, that's a real quick run through on the missionary's task. And I want to take a look now at what's the father's expectations. What is God's expectation for us um, as we understand what this looks like? Um, what can we do? What is our role? What can you do? What can I do? And if you've been listening at all to your missions department over the past couple of years, we know at least three things we can do. Does anybody know what they are? I think I heard it. Pray, give, and go. Those are things we can do. Now, we understand not everyone can give. You know, we, some folks, we just can't. Uh, we, we, we're living in tough days. God can but sometimes we struggle in that. We, can't, we may not be able to give. We may not be able to go for different reasons. Um, health, finances, uh, different things um, that could impact that. But what we do know is we can pray. We can all pray. And we're going to talk a little bit more about prayer here in just a minute. But we can pray. How would God have us to pray? How would he have us to pray? Well, first, pray for laborers. Pray for laborers. Matthew 9, 37 and 38. He said to his disciples, and this, just, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and they already see the problem. They already see the need. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. That's something we can do. We can pray. He, does, he doesn't even say go right there. He says pray. Pray that the Lord would send more workers into the harvest. 
Remember, prayer is the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. And, and the best way that I think I can, can help you maybe see that a little bit, it works really well for me, is just think of an airplane and a jet engine. Think of a big airplane. We're going to load about 250 people into a silver tube. And then we're going to fill it up with luggage. We're going to fill it up with fuel. We're going to stick two wings on it. It looks more like a submarine until you stick your wings on it. We got this heavy landing gear. We got all of that weight. We got tons upon tons of weight in a metal tube. And when you stick one, two, three, or four jet engines on that, they are able to create enough thrust to lift that plane off of the ground and get it, I would say, at least 35,000 feet is how high I think I've flown, probably higher, that high, and take you anywhere you want to go in the world. That's pretty powerful. Think of prayer as a jet engine. It, it is the work. God answers prayer, and if we, if God's people will pray, we will see God do amazing things. And we have to pray with that passion um, that we so desperately need to see God work in our world. Uh, John 14, 12 and 14. If we believe, God will work. If we obey, we bring glory to God the Father. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. You can ask me for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to God the Father. So that the, God, the Son can bring glory to God the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. That's the prayer that we can pray. That's the power of prayer. Also, 11, uh, Matthew 11, um, verses 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Now, he prayed this prayer right after. He just went off on about 10 or 15 cities where he says, if, if I, if God had have done the things in Sodom and Gomorrah that he has done in your city, they would have repented. They would have turned back to God. And you wouldn't. That's who was on his mind when he prayed that prayer. He's, he's, he's given it to the, to the childlike. And that's why we've, we've seen it over and over. He loves the children. He wants us to have a childlike heart. He wants us to have childlike obedience, childlike faith. And I remember when my son was younger, uh, when he would pray, I loved it. When he would do something wrong, his prayer was, Lord, will you forgive me? Lord, will you, will you forgive me? It's like he was talking straight to God. And it was, it was just a beautiful thing. Um, but that childlike faith, I wish he 
still had more of that than I see. But uh, praise God, it was awesome. Um, okay, I got off track there. Um, all right, folks, here's, here's where we are. We have been invited by God himself to be a part of this beautiful process of living out the Christian life. We've been invited to be a part of that. We're the church. We're the bride of Christ. And guys, we're going to be the bride of Christ until Christ comes to get his bride. So we have a journey that we're on. And the church was born in Acts. And the church is still alive and well. And the church is going to continue until Christ comes to get his bride. And I think we can also say in that, that missions, the church has been called to be missional from now until we don't need to be missional anymore. Do y'all think we're close to being, not needing to be missional anymore? I don't think so. We're called to that as the church. To me, those are two of the biggest things. They began when, when Christ left, sent his Holy Spirit. The church was born. Missions was born. Chapter 13 of Acts, missions was born. The first half of Acts really kind of shows us the church coming together and becoming the church and then seeing the need to go and follow what, what Christ told them. And then the, the last half, they spend their time going on their first, second, and third mission trips. Um, that's what we've been called to. We're still doing that today. Praise God. And I'm so happy to be a part of a church that sees that, understands that, and is doing that. Um, so we need to be missional wherever we are. We need to love like Jesus wherever he has placed us. Wherever he has placed you, neighborhood, wherever he has placed you, we need to love like Jesus. And I'm going to be real honest with you guys, that's hard. That's hard to do, and I got, a, I got my excuse. I'm so busy sending people that I don't have time. Bad excuse. We have to be careful. We have responsibilities as the body of Christ. We have responsibility as, pers- as, as single, separate believers. You know, Jesus had a public ministry and he had a private ministry. He had a private ministry before he had a public ministry. Um, that's how we're supposed to live as well as we do our journey. John 13, uh, 16 and 17. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than the master, their master. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends, who sends the messenger or sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. That comes out of John chapter 13 uh, toward the end of the chapter. Um, The context there is that Jesus has just demonstrated real love to his disciples by washing their feet. That's what happens in the first part of that chapter. And why did he do that? That was one of the last things he did before he, he began the process of, of the crucifixion, is showing them 
one last time, teaching them one last time. Okay, he loved them well, and he capped it off by humbling himself that he would take off his outer garment, wrap a towel around his waist, and wash his disciples' feet. He demonstrated love and how they were to love. He demonstrated how we are to love as well. He's showing us today that we need to love with the heart of a servant. You know, we can be a servant leader, but we can also be a humble servant. And that's, that's what he did. You know, you may wonder, how in the world did holy God, creator of all it is, bring himself to the point of being able to take off his outer garment, you know, let's, don't even visualize that, and wash the disciples' feet. Here it is, and it's really pretty, and you probably know it already. But if you go back to the beginning of that chapter, Jesus knew that his time had come. He knew who he was. He knew where he had come from. He knew where he was going. And because he knew those things, he knew that he could do what God had called him to do and what God had given him to do. Guys, we can have that same heart because he's given us everything that is his. We know who we are in him. We know who we belong to. We know where we're going when we die. Um, we don't really have anything to worry about if we just keep our focus and our trust in him and on him. So here's my, my question for you. If, if you're struggling, if you're wondering, if you're not fully engaged in anything uh, like that missionally, man, we want you to be, and we want to help you do that. Um, when you go out those doors right there, you're going to see multiple opportunities of ministry and how you can be involved. You may already be involved in things. You know, I could stand up here and talk about a couple of things I'm over. We don't have time for that. Um, but there are some great ministry opportunities that you can be involved in. But don't forget, prayer is the greater work. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And we need prayer warriors as much as we need goers, as much as we need volunteers, as much as we need anything, we need prayer warriors. I'm not necessarily trying to give you an out. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pray. I don't have to do anything else. No, pray and ask God what he would have you to do. But know that prayer is greatly needed. And God does great things when his people come before him in prayer. He does amazing things. And I'm so grateful that he's allowed me to be a part of that journey. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you so much, uh, Lord, for loving us. And Lord, um, I pray, God, that um, you would just continue to lead us, guide us, direct us, show us what you have for us as individual followers of Christ. Lord, continue to show us as the body of Christ or what you have for us, Lord. We want to honor you. We want to bless you. And we want to serve you in the way that you've called us to. So God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your son and our salvation. And Lord, we just pray now that you would uh, 
show us the next step to take in our journey with you. Lord, we love you. We pray it all in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen.